0: don't wait visit sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save progressive presents forest metaphors about bundling your home and auto
2: And welcome to another edition of the Exzone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell. We're coming to you around the world from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to contact us on any social media site, it's Exzone Radio TV. My email address is Exzone at Exzone Radio com. For all the programming that we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the XZone Broadcast Network, www.. XZone, I'm sorry, it's www.xzvn.net, and of course, for Simultv, we're channel 21, www.simultv.com. XO Nation, my guest tonight is Tom Ogden. He is one of America's leading paranormal experts and authors on ghosts and the spirit world. He considers himself a researcher and a paranormal journalist. In preparation for his books, he listens to first-hand accounts compares to historical claims, and then subjects them all to rigorous examination. Tom is also a member of the Paranormal Investigation Committee on the uh, of the Society of American Magicians. His four years plus as a professional magician has given him a unique perspective into paranormal phenomenon and what is and isn't possible by trickery. Currently, Tom resides in haunted Hollywood, California. Joining us now from Haunted Hollywood, California, is our guest Tom Ogden. And Tom, welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Thank you very much, Rob. It's great to be here for the first time.
2: Well, I'm sure this won't be the last time. Um, Tom, uh, first first of all, to you and, and your fellow Californians, uh, we've been watching the news uh, around the world in Canada, the United States. Uh, those fires that you're having, uh, gosh, you know, our, our, our best wishes and our prayers are with you all.
3: Thank you. It, it is it is devastating. Yeah. Uh California, of course, this is our driest season. We've Mm -hmm. come out of the summer and the winter rains haven't started yet. Right. So all of the vegetation on these hillsides have been growing up because it's mostly chaparral, not Mm -hmm. forest forest. Uh, And it's statewide. That's one of the big problems as well.
2: How did you get started as a magician first? And what was the crossover point mm -hmm. to uh, the paranormal?
3: Right. Well, one... Uh, slight correction, it wasn't four years. I've been a magician for 40 years. Oh, I'm sorry, 40 years? Uh, no, no, no. I probably mistyped that when I sent you my background information. I uh, I started as a, a teenager, and then after mm-hmm. getting through college, discovered I had no other marketable skills, so I stayed in magic, uh, which would pay my way through college. Um, magic has always had this connection with the, the occult, the supernatural, mm-hmm. because of goes back to ancient times when science separated from religion, and magic was sort of a bridge between the two. Um, many oracles and spirit workers and shamans would use simple magic tricks to convince people that they had powers beyond humans um, by the Middle Ages, not the Dark Ages, but by the Middle Ages magic was clearly by that time an entertainment not a not a uh, s- sorcery or witchcraft but still that that connection lingered uh through the centuries and magicians have not done a great deal to disavow it because it gives a little bit of extra another layer a little bit of mystery mm-hmm. to 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 their uh, persona i suppose right. um i was not particularly interested in the paranormal until about 10, 15 years ago, other than from a magician's point of view. In other words, I I knew how magicians in the past, going back to the 1500s actually, appeared ghosts on the stage next to living people, uh, how they would use tricks to do spirit communications, a sort of um, demonstrations were done in seances mm-hmm. at spiritualism seances in the late uh, 19th century uh, sorry late 20th yeah 19th century yeah. um and of course i'm old and just old enough to have seen a couple of the last spook shows that magicians toured after world war ii um, in which they showed horror movies and in between did a magic show themed with ghosts and monsters. Uh, So I had that interest. Uh, But I was asked by the Idiot's Guide series, uh, they're the competition to the dummies series, uh, to write a book called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Magic uh, Tricks, uh, which came out in the late 90s. And as it was in uh, galleys, I guess, or proofs, they said, we want to do not a how-to book, but a general information book on ghosts and hauntings. You're a magician. You must know all about ghosts. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, does it pay in advance against royalties? And they said, yes. I said, I know everything. There is to know.
2: <laughs> not well, only are you that. an expert magician, but you're also an astute business person.
3: If, they, if they're <clears> going to, <throat> you know, I it, it's actually a... What's that? Nothing. Yeah, oh, sorry. it's an old magic creed that you, you accept the performance first, then figure out how to do it. Um, but as I said, I already knew the magic background, but I knew nothing. And, of course, I knew classic ghost stories, but I didn't know any of the the actual scientific investigation that had been done, not just by skeptic societies, but by professional societies who were trying to figure out what ghosts actually are, and what they're not. And if they are a returning spirit from a human being after death, why would they bother to come back? They were trying to put together a, and are still trying to put together, sort of a a universal theory Mm -hmm. of the paranormal that would explain why some people will see an apparition, but someone else will only sense of disturbance in the room or the back of their hair, the hair on the back of their neck will go up, but they don't see anything, um, to explain why all these things are possible. So when I started researching that end to put in my book, I was hooked. And and I said, I have to learn more about this. And then after that book came out, uh, which went through two editions, a different publishing house. Five years later, and this is what authors love to have happen, or writers love to have happen. I got an email out of the blue from someone I didn't know saying, "Hi, we're with Globe P- Quat Press in um, in uh, New England. We'd like you to write a book for us called Haunted Highways." So they, it's love. They love it when you don't have to send a proposal. <laughs> you know, they bring it to us. Um, they were, they were impressed by the take, I guess, on my Ghosts and Hauntings book. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing it chronologically, when I got into the actual ghost stories, I separated them by types of venues. My premise was that ghosts don't haunt people, most usually. They haunt places. And then we stumble into those places. Uh, so what type of places do they return to? So there was a chapter on haunted theaters and haunted cemeteries and haunted hotels. And there was one chapter on haunted transportation, which, of course, featured the stories of the hitchhiking ghosts and that sort of thing. And that's what led them to me. And that one book is turned now into a series of 12 books over the last two dozen or so. Well, yeah. That's 15, 20 years.
2: Tell me, have you ever seen a ghost?
3: No, but boy do I wish I had. I think it has something to do with the fact that I'm a magician and I may be trying too hard Mm. or there's not a skepticism but a natural um, elimination or dismissal of not messages, but um, well, messages is as good a word as any. Um, any evidence that I would might something unusual might happen, and I'd just dismiss that. All these things happen, um, but members of my family have.
2: All right, listen, we're going to take a little break here uh, because I have to take my first break, Tom, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. Nation. Tom Ogden is our special guest this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about Tom, visit his website, www.tomogden.com. This is The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. And for all of you listeners around the world who love getting the newest edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper, it's up at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. That's X-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S-N-E-W-S-P-A-P-E-R.com. xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And Tom Ogden and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Ogden is our guest www.tomogden.com and uh, Tom not having seen a ghost yourself for one reason or another when it comes to ghosts are you a believer are you a skeptic or are you somewhere in between
3: great question Uh, I think that um, I am a believer Mm -hmm. until proven otherwise
2: so you're innocent uh, know, until proven guilty, or guilty I, yes, until I proven innocent. I know that's yeah. a backwards yeah. way
3: from most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but with after the first of my first ghost books came out, right. then people started coming to me and telling me their stories. As a matter of fact, I heard the first one um, while I was still writing the book. Um, I am still a uh, performing magician, and I was... Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting a cruise ship in Rio, no, Buenos Aires. And a woman who had been on my flight offered to uh, drop me off. She had a car and driver coming, which I greatly appreciated. And on the way, we started talking about this book I was working on. And she said very quietly, I have a ghost. And I said, I, by that time, I knew enough to not ask questions Mm -hmm. that i because it would be leading questions if I asked things like, well, did you see it? Did you feel it? Did you hear it? Instead, I just said, tell me about it. Yeah. And she said, well, I have a haunted mirror. It belonged to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And after she passed, she gave it. We received it. And we um, hung it in our hallway, uh, the same foyer, the same way she had it in her house. She said, and every so often I would go past it out of the corner of my eye. I would see my grandmother's reflection in the mirror, but of course, as soon as I turned directly toward the mirror, she was no longer there. And I said, so what did you do with the mirror? She said, well, I couldn't break it, because what if it was a portal to the next world? She said, I couldn't sell it, Mm because I couldn't sell my grandmother, but I also... She was so freaked out about this that eventually they put it in storage. I didn't say it to her, <laughs> so you thought it was okay to crate her, crate Grandma yeah. up and put her in the attic. But uh, and but I mm. uh, I assured her that was mm-hmm. far from a unique story. Yeah, that reflective surfaces have been used not only in clairvoyance, prognostication, but also in a, a portal between the two worlds into antiquity. I said. The first, uh, f- at first it was into a bowl of water, scrying or a moving stream. Mm-hmm. It took forward solid shape in the form of a crystal ball. And of course, we've all know the magic mirror in snow white and uh, seven dwarfs. I said, so I said, also the most, probably the most famous haunted mirror is here in Hollywood where I live, uh, Shall we talk about that? That's a nice segue. I'd love to. I'd love to. (laughs) Um, It hung for many years in the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, which I believe is the most actively haunted place here in in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was built about the same time as the Chinese theater, uh, where all the handprints and footprints are uh, back in the It was I don't remember the exact date, but it was around 1929, 1930. It was back in that era. Um, and lots of celebrities have stayed there over the years. And Marilyn Monroe used to use that after she became first of all she her first photo shoot in a swimsuit as Marilyn Monroe was done by the pool there. Uh, she would sometimes stay in the cabana houses out by the whole, uh, the pool, but usually she stayed in a suite in the upper floors in Suite Twelve Hundred. Years after her passage, uh, a maid was cleaning up the room um, and had the same thing happen to her, that if Mm -hmm. she was looking in a full-length mirror, a vertical mirror, she thought she saw Marilyn Monroe come up behind her, start primping her makeup. And the woman turns, of course, thinking, oh, we have one of these Marilyn impersonators in Mm -hmm. town, and there's no one in the room. Well, of course, she immediately told the rest of the staff. Yeah. And eventually it created such a stir that the manager of the hotel took it into his own office. And then eventually word got out into the paranormal community and the mirror was moved down to the lobby where people could check it out for themselves. And eventually they got a, a... Oh, a tongue-in-cheek usage for it. They put it down by, and when I first saw it, it was by the rear elevators down back by the valets in the back of the hotel. And it was set at the, uh, if you're facing the doors of the elevator, it was to the right, on the right wall. On the, behind you, they had placed a large poster of Marilyn Monroe so if you stood just right you could take a selfie of this image of Marilyn Monroe standing over your shoulder take a picture of yourself looking in the mirror and Marilyn was over your shoulder
2: wow what a marketing it,
3: idea it was yes except Ooh. of course it was drawing a lot of people to the hotel who were not staying at the hotel bad idea and and bad idea. And the, the, the when the restaurant, not restaurant, but hotel and restaurants and everything mm-hmm. else, uh, got new managed owners, not new managers, but new owners. Um, first, they moved it uh, to the mezzanine area, and then eventually they, they they too put it in they put it in storage when uh, the the lobby was being remodeled, and but it was never brought back out. Now, I've heard rumors that it was sold to, uh, 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 uh not Scarlett Johansson, um, Parent Trap, Mm-mm, not Haley Bills. Who did the, anyway, it was sold to a movie star who had done a, a Marilyn look alike themed uh, shoot for uh, a magazine. And uh, she got fascinated for a while and and bought the mirror. But I can't get anyone at the hotel to confirm it today. Of course, it's so many years; it's more than a decade since it was taken down that no one, you know, in the lobby staff. At the sure. No, they even say mirror. We had what? Mirror, yeah. Um, but it's far from the only haunting at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Why do you think? Why do you think certain?
2: entities or spirits or memories linger to a point where other people may interact with it, see it in the corner of their eyes. And and if they see it in the corner of their eyes, how come they're not able to actually do a face-to-face?
3: I wish I had that explanation. Hmm. I would would be a star in the paranormal world (laughs) uh, because no one knows. Yeah and the real problem with ghost investigation i think is that so much of it is anecdotal almost all of it is anecdotal but it's non-repeatable you can't it's the same thing (laughs) terrible analogy uh... but it's the same thing with my car when i take it to the garage it doesn't make the noises i have to have the repairman here to fix Mm. Uh, we can't say, don't worry. Anyone who walks by there, if you kind of glance sideways, you'll mm-hmm. see it. it. It just doesn't occur that way. Um, but I don't know why that that is such a frequent attempt at what, whether it is actually a mirror of, uh, I'm sorry, a, a memory of the mirror that triggers a false image uh, or whether... I don't, I don't know. I yeah. do not have an answer for that. I wish I did.
2: How can a mirror, I, how can an object retain a memory that could actually cause a person to believe they're seeing that memory?
3: Well, don't, although we're talking about an apparition here, mm-hmm. doesn't that happen with any keepsake or souvenir that that we keep close to us we buy a postcard to remind us of, right. of a vacation we've gone to right. um my the one one of the family members i was saying and my family members who saw a ghost it was felt a ghost mm-hmm. was surrounding um involved the rosary beads that were held by his grandmother um and that triggered the interaction
2: all right stand by um, we've got to take another break here Uh Exo nation Tom Ogden is our guest his website is www.tomogden.com and he is the author of haunted Hollywood
3: and Tom where is haunted Hollywood available uh, to be honest the best place is Amazon or any book any place you can find books but usually you'd have to do special order through a bookstore
2: all right so let's go with amazon.com or amazon.ca and Tom and I will be back on the other side of this break with the news, continuing our conversation on ghosts, spirits, and things that go bump in the night besides your uncle Charlie when he comes home too late from the local bar. If you like send me an email exxon at tv dot com on all social media sites exon radio TV and um, like I said the Newest edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online. You can digitally download it. You can read it online, or if you'd like to go, you can go to Amazon.com and get the paperback version. Great articles in there this month. Our staff did a super job, as they always do, and of course. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell, Bucoy. Tom Ogden is our guest, www.tomogden.com. Tom, before we went to the news break, we were talking about um, memories, and, and you used the example of how a postcard reminds us of something that we did on our vacation. But that postcard is not projecting an image that I would consider to be paranormal. And if we use that analogy, is it then possible that when this person looks at the object, let's take the the example of the lady who had the mirror that she believed was haunted by her grandmother, is it memory recall that she is actually experiencing and nothing to do with
3: the paranormal? It may be, Mm -hmm. but then again, it might also trigger why the spirit is returning at that time.
2: I don't understand that.
3: In other words, I don't, I don't, Let's, let's think of it then as a telephone call. I'm theorizing this. This okay. is not a belief that I have. Sure. Um, my sister isn't in my mind all the time, mm-hmm. but she called me earlier today, and immediately I picked up, and I was there and anxious to talk to her. Is it possible that a memory mm-hmm. can trigger someone on the other side to come back and make contact at that time?
2: So if you, if you confess it, you will possess it. I, I want, you know, (laughs) because, because something that I, that I found in the paranormal, there's a lot of iffy stuff because there is no actual evidence. And today in the, in the year 2018, there's a lot of technology out there and 99.9% of the people who use it don't know what the hell they're doing with it. Uh... All these oh, You've seen me.
3: You've seen me try to work my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the all
2: these different groups that are out there, going out night after night, and you know doing paranormal investigations. You would think by now somebody would have caught something that cannot be disputed as hardcore evidence. But all these years later, absolutely nothing and and i i really believe that what is happening now is that people are starting to say oh come on not not this again and yet you deal with this you write about it so where 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 do you draw the line between reality and belief that you want to believe something so much that you yourself manifest it and it has nothing to do with reality at
3: all? Um, Wow. An interesting uh, field of inquiry. I I also, and this is heresy to ghost hunters, uh, but I'm also suspect about a lot of the electronic use Mm -hmm. to detect ghosts. Uh, First of all, it's all based, their use is based on the 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 what they think ghosts are composed of Mm -hmm. the fact that there is electrical energy involved that will emanate something right uh... so if that's not really at least our understanding of what electrical energy is Mm -hmm. uh... it would not be recorded i find although it's not repeatable and it's not provable I actually find the human anecdotal evidence more convincing, and it leads me to believe that it's the human interaction that's necessary rather than a mechanical or technological intermediary. let me, give you, let me further tell you about what happened with my uh, brother-in-law, Randy, to, okay, uh, sure. to, 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 to explain why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was around 13, now he's now deceased, so I guess he's a spirit someplace. Um, he, uh, when he was 13 yeah. or so, he and his slightly older teenage brother uh, went into their grandmother's bedroom about three months after their grandma had died. Now she was a very fervent Catholic. Always carried a set of rosary beads, which were also large enough to place around your neck to wear as a as a necklace. Mm-hmm. Everyone in his family, and of course, I didn't know Randy at this time because he was a kid. Everyone in his, in his family knew that the grandmother wanted to be buried with the rosary, but when she died, they couldn't find it. They searched as long as they could; they could never find it. She had to be buried without it Uh, and even though they were grieving they were still teenagers and when they were going through a drawer in their grandmother's room they found the rosary in the back of the back of some other um some some old clothing Mm -hmm. and randy said he took it out and impulsively put it over his neck turned to his brother and said terry look I'm grandma. (laughs) And he said at that moment, something invisible grabbed the back of the rosary at the nape of his neck and pulled it back. Not as if they were trying to hurt him or choke him to death, but as if to say, those are mine and I'm here. He said this, this was a couple of seconds. They both saw Mm him. But Randy experienced it. He said he he took off the beads, dropped them on the floor. <laughs> they screamed like little girls and ran out of the room. <laughs> At a couple hours, they came back and, you know, picked them up and gently put them back and showed their parents. And, uh, you know, it's like they never played with Grandma's beads again. But this was an – my – people who tell me stories like that who have – No reason to have made it up and that they could not have manipulated themselves that it's a something that has happened to them. Those stories I tend to believe. All right.
2: Let me ask you as a former police detective. Okay. How old was the child?
3: He was around 13.
2: Around around 13, 14. Was he supposed to be in the grandmother's room? Oh, yes. Okay. Was he supposed to be right? I mean, right? he
3: could be. It was an open household. They could go anywhere. And, of course, all her things mm-hmm. had already been packed away, so he was going, you know, through the. and he happened to stumble upon them. They weren't looking for treasure. It was okay. just what's in there.
2: But at 13 years old, kids have rather vivid... Um, imagination. Imaginations. Imaginations. The fact that Grandma has been dead for three months, nobody could find the rosaries. All of a sudden, he finds them, and, she, and he knows, and I'm sure everybody in the family knew, that she wanted to be buried with her rosaries. Here's the rosary, puts it on his neck. Could this have been a reaction to him realizing, hey, wait a minute, Grandma's been dead three months, I'm in her bedroom, I've gone through her drawers, I've found the rosary that she wanted to be buried with, I put it on my neck, oh my God,
3: click. Absolutely. I agree absolutely that mm-hmm. is possible. Just as we have found that many poltergeist type activities mm-hmm. have occurred when there's an adolescent in the home. Yeah. Especially at the age of puberty. Yep. Um which is separate from ghosts and a whole different force we have to talk about if uh someone's Moods are causing external phenomena to happen um so that is possible, but of course i was Randy died before I was involved mm. to the point that I went back and grilled him about it. He had told me the experience um and it was only his and his you know brother's word on what had happened, plus you must admit now, it's a great story i know but it is a great story as a matter of fact when i do uh i do lectures Mm -hmm. on uh ghost theory and what is possible and what is impossible and tell several ghost stories but because i'm a magician i include a couple of demonstrations which i'm very clear to point out i'm not calling the spirits i'm duplicating something that allegedly happened once upon a time and i'll and that's one of the things that I recreate uh, in in the show lecture uh, because there are magical means, of course, that you can make an object, suspend uh, horizontally or pull uh, the same way it is now a traditional classic magic trick of the old spiritualism method of spirit writing between two old school board slates. Uh, I don't do a lot of those kind of recreations in my show because today's people have, they've heard about seances, but they really have no idea what happened in them. And today you'd even have to educate them on what school board slates were. But
2: listen, we've got about uh, 20 seconds before I have to go to my next break. Okay. Have you participated in seances? And if so, As a magician, did you see them as credible, plausible, or just fake?
3: I have never uh, participated in what I considered an an honest Mm. seance, so let me just leave it at that.
2: All right, you and I will be back on the other side of this break as we ramp up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Explanation. Tom Ogden, is our very special guest this hour. His website is www.tomogden.com, and he is the author of Haunted Hollywood, and as Tom was telling us before, the best place where you can get your very own personal copy. Christmas is coming, gang. Excellent book. You know, excellent Christmas gift. Go to Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And Tom and I will be back on the other side of this break, wrapping up this hour here in the Exxon with yours, Charlie Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: Progressive presents Forest Metaphors,
1: about bundling your home and auto.
2: Tom Ogden is our guest. www.tomogden.com. He's the author of Haunted Hollywood, and all you need to do to get your very own copy or give it as a great gift at Christmas time, which isn't that far away, XO Nation, it's available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. First of all, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great talking to you and uh, sharing your experiences as a magician and a paranormal investigator. So thank you.
3: Well, thanks. And you've been asking some really provocative questions, which I love, because that's the skeptic part of me as a magician. And that's why when I have been writing all of these books, mm-hmm. what I will do is I'll collect the legend, but then I also collect the facts behind them about historically what was going on and who was making the claim and who made it first. And how did that differ with the legend 50 years later? Mm mm-hmm. uh, there was one uh, example at a revolutionary house that supposedly Tom Jefferson's maid haunted the house, and it turned out Jefferson never even lived in the house. So why would that have occurred there? But it was one of those rumors, you know, like George Washington slept everywhere. Yeah. It was just Jefferson owned this house at one time, and someone said, oh, well, then that creak we heard in the attic must have been his maid rummaging for something.
2: Well, people Before g- the
3: break, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, people are going to say that after Bill Clinton dies, too, that Bill Clinton slept here, and we all know that he slept everywhere. So.
3: <laughs> oh, Well, we don't have to be, yeah, well, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about a seance. Yes. Uh, whether I've attended a seance. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've attended recreations of them that have said they were theatrical experiences. Right. And at the time, I probably would have been fooled because remember at the beginning, uh, the very beginning it was all wrappings and knocks, and as the mediums as it became, moved into entertainment into theaters, they needed to produce theatrical manifestations and more and more belief. The ones that I find more I I hate to use the word dangerous, but the ones that are more problematic to me are today's mediums, they don't claim manifestations. So there's no way to prove what they say they are experiencing Mm. or sensing. Um, My sister once said to me, well, I I went to a a psychic and she, she told me all about myself. And I, and fortunately, she did not try to bring back our parents or her husband. And I said, and I said to her, I said, I think it's great fun as entertainment. I said, but anyone who tells you that at two o'clock on Thursday they will bring back your brother to talk to you, who died in the war, I said, run and ask you a hundred dollars to do it run as fast as you can from that person because that's not the way these things are experiences experience they don't happen on a timetable uh the same way and I'm, I'm not not going to say who who the person is because he is a very popular um was a tv medium and also personal appearances but being a magician and understanding the art of cold reading that I'm sure you've talked about many times on this program with your listeners and experts. Um, He was so adept um, that it stunned me, but there were tells along the way that that's what he was doing. And I had no problem with it until he had a woman sitting behind me reduced to tears thinking that her deceased father was in the room standing next to her oh my gosh
2: yeah that that is pretty bad
3: and the fact that this must happen often enough that there was an usher standing at the back of every aisle with a box of kleenexes Mm -hmm. in his or her hands um it it was much better than uh your you're going on a trip, I mm-hmm. think it's another country. I think you know it wasn't that type of cold reading it was he was really able to elicit responses and had a had some excuses of why he had misses uh, if he was wrong you re- uh, You
2: remind me a lot of Harry Houdini
3: well, Harry Houdini wanted to believe in mm-hmm. the supernatural and and the spirit world because, of course, he loved his mother. Uh, He lived in the middle of the heyday of the spiritualist movement. Uh, He himself, although not many people outside of magicians know this, but before he was famous, one year he and his wife Bess traveled with a circus pretending to be spiritualists. Uh, That he didn't do it under his own name. It mm-hmm. was this psychic team, supposedly, and uh, he learned all of the tricks of the trade back then. So then later, when everybody, including his one of his good friends, Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, approached him as believers, he felt it was his duty to try to debunk fake spiritualists. And he never came out and said, they are all fakes. He would say, I will listen to any of them, but be prepared that I will expose you if you resort to trickery. And he never found anyone who was, who was able to stand up to repeated examination.
2: Can you, tell, um, can you tell us about the Paranormal Investigation Committee of the Society of American Magicians?
3: Actually, I've just joined it, so I, I can't tell you a great deal about it. I know that they are not currently do, going out like the um, uh, the Ghost Hunter programs you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've been a longtime member of the Society of American Magicians, but I, when I found out about the commu- committee, I just sent in my application and was and got the card in. A short while ago. Let me, so you, maybe on a future appearance, I could tell sure. you more about that. Sounds great. Uh,
2: you mentioned the ghost TV shows. What are your opinion of them?
3: Um, I think they're great entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has provided me with a lot of places I'd like to go to visit and learn more about. My problem is with them is they have not, most of them have not had a... Um, Not a magician, but someone who is looking specifically for trickery to go with them as well.
2: Well, Plus, they create a lot of the trickery themselves.
3: Well, I wasn't going to say that, but let's put it this way. Mm. If something does not happen on camera, they don't have a show.
2: That's right.
3: You can have one episode in which they walk around for a half hour and nothing happens and... They can say, in in not only that, a night vision camera, which, which is hard to watch anyway, um, and say, oh, did I hear something? Oh, no, I guess that was just, that wasn't anything. I mean, you can only do that with one or two episodes mm-hmm. in a season that nothing happens. Um, and although there have been several instances where it's been a- accused that some of them have rigged the things, mm-hmm. I... I just look at them as entertainment. But That's the, the one that I liked liked most was the celebrity ghost hunters, where they would just they would have a celebrity come on, tell an experience that that they had, mm-hmm. and then they recreate it, you know, as a as a story. But
2: aren't these people being a little dangerous towards society? Who want the members of society who really want to believe, like? To me, they're just like people who claim to be psychologists and really don't know what the hell they're doing.
3: I don't have a a good answer for that, except to say I, because I personally have always understood Mm -hmm. that they were just entertainment. So I don't know how many people are watching those shows and truly believing that they're finding these things Ooh, all the time many many
2: many 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 hundreds of thousands
3: well that's sad to hear I know But the upside of that mm-hmm. is that it has prompted more serious investigation that otherwise never would have happened
2: I hate to say there it was I hate to say it, but I've never heard of a serious investigation
3: and by that, I don't mean going out with electromagnometers. I mean sitting down and mm. saying, could this happen? What Under what conditions will it happen? Right. Um, the British Psychical Society, which was the first uh, one that was founded in the late 1800s to investigate ghost claims, only was formed in a reaction that by that time spiritualism had gotten to London. Yeah. And it was formed as a reaction to extraordinary claims.
2: I hate so to perhaps, I hate, I hate to do this, but we've run out of time for tonight, good sir.
3: Oh. Uh, Tom, I want
2: to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll have to have you back on so we can continue this uh, conversation a lot further. Continued success uh, and donation if you'd like to get a copy of Tom Ogden's book. It's called Haunted Hollywood. It's available on amazon.com. And if you'd like to visit Tom's website, www.tomogden.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, the X Chronicles newspaper is available online right now, the new edition, at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com.